0: Ladies and gentlemen, please make sure you are following us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and please do leave us a five-star review, it helps us more than you can imagine. Anyways, enjoy the podcast. What you saying, ladies and gents, it is your boy Bookout Sam and we are back again today for another episode of the Bookout Sam Talks Ball Podcast episode 40. Yes, we're closing in on that half century and we have got just the one guest on today. Ben, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, good, good, good to be on,
0: excited, tasty
1: episode. It is going
0: to be a good one. it feel weird. I, I, I used to always do like just two people podcast and it just feels weird. I've got loads of room. I can really yeah, puff yeah, my chest yeah. out, make myself feel like the top dog around <laughs> yeah, here. To yeah. be honest. Big dog. Introduce your shirt as well. Uh, you're here. I
1: think I've had this one on before, but it's the PSG from, I think it's the third shirt from a couple of seasons ago. But it's always nice with the red stripe down the middle.
0: Oh, yeah, It's class isn't it? Really symmetrical. And you can't beat, and it's something I always talk about on videos, when the sponsor actually fits in with the shirt, yeah, like it actually glue, looks like it should be part of it. matches
1: in, and even on the sleeve matches in, and the collar and everything. You yeah, can't yeah. beat it's a tidy, collared tidy. shirt. Tidy.
0: None of these. I hate these new collars. I don't even know how to explain. They call like I think they're granddad collars when they don't actually like they've got the button but not the material that goes over the top. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, I know. Man what you mean, City yeah. had one. It really bothers me, so I like a proper collar. I
1: think England's new ones a bit like this as well, does not yeah. it? Yeah, got a proper, proper collar. Oh, on you it, can't
0: beat it. It's not like old school, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. Enough about shirts. Cause I know people do love shirts. Um. If you haven't seen my shirt already, it's mental. It is mental. I I apologise to the 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 video the video watchers now. It's it's bright. It's all over the place, and I I get it. But I have got a matching bucket hat. I put it on earlier. Ben, you'll see it in the background over there. And it just clashed way too much. <laughs> I looked ridiculous. I was like, you'll see it on another podcast. I'll wear the hat another time, but not with this shirt. It was just way too much going on. Uh, the team is called Portobello. Shout out to them. Uh, non-league London side brought to you this shirt by Surprise Shirts, a sponsor of the podcast. Thank you, guys. We love you all. But where do we start? We've got to start off with talking about the Premier League results because yeah. so much happened this weekend. And we've got to start off with Man United because I feel like not, not enough people are actually talking about them. They're currently sat fifth in the league, above Chelsea, above Liverpool. Fifth in the league, though, it's kind of gone under under the radar, hasn't it? Has. Really. But I think part of it's due
1: to like the drama that they've had off the field has taken away from the on. I mean, they're not playing amazingly, are they? But they're grinding out wins and results. I mean, West Ham looked decent last yesterday, as we're recording this. They looked a good side, gave them a good game, but ultimately, Man United did enough to grind out those three points. You know, and. You can't, you can't moan at results. It's a results business, isn't it? Nowadays? Exactly, yeah.
0: And it's not attractive. It's not the style of football we all expected from Ten Hag. Everyone was talking about how beautiful it was going to be on the eye. But I don't think United fans care at the moment. The fact that they're even... They're, they're, they're literally three points off Spurs. And the fact that they're within ten points of the leaders, I think it's crazy. I just feel like it's gone... I, I didn't clock it off. I, I just would have presumed there have been about eighth, ninth, whatever. Because it's been quite a... Not a sad season for them, but it's just as you said, the antics going on off the field with Ronaldo and everybody else, and transfer you got the business. You've joining
1: in, haven't you, as well? Like they all join in and start giving their their opinions, and it just ta- it does take away from the results on the pitch. But I don't think Ten Hag will mind that at all, because like you say, they're going under the radar. They're just cruising. Some of their players are starting to come back into form, like Rashford, starting to show some form again. Yeah, and, and it's 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 providing on the pitch, and ultimately that's what he was bought in for. I don't think the owners or anybody else and fans care about what's happening off the field. They just want results on the pitch when it comes to it at the weekend and that's what they're getting.
0: Oh yeah, because they've been starved of like good results for so many years. United fans have been starved of anything really, kind of really positive. So the fact that, yes, the yes, the punditry and everything's negative, it kind of draws away actually from the team. It's probably quite nice. The pressure's off them and it's all on Ronaldo. And I want to quickly just discuss Ronaldo because I think... I've lost all respect from him. Yesterday, after first of all, when he dropped off against Newcastle, that was pathetic as it is. Then when he ignores Gary Neville just because he criticises him, slightly we didn't even
1: he... criticise him that harshly, did it? I think oh. Neville made a good point and said like, if he's really that bothered and he's tuning in to watch us, then there are like, I'm sure he, I'm sure M- Micka Richards did a little clip of him I've after it, backstage yeah. and saying like, oh, what's it feel like to be blanked? And he's like, I don't care, and he shouldn't either, really.
0: Like, who am I? <laughs> It's just ridiculous. So, like the, the ego on him to to get that offended by something so little. When really, I still think it's it's not been discussed enough. The way he's dropped off, I think that should have been as it was front of all the newspapers. Because I think it's, it's disgusting. You don't treat any no, no matter how good you are. You can't treat a club like that and a manager like that. And let's be honest, he's not like he's had a great season, is it? He's got, he's got like get three it,
1: goals or something like that. I get
0: that. it if he's been stropping off as if he's had 10 out of 10s every week, but he's, he's been absolutely stinking the gaff out all season. Yeah, yeah he has. He has oh, yeah. Just...
1: And I thought he played well, to be fair, yesterday, considering everything that's gone on. He could have quite easily gone on the field yeah. and played with a sulcon, but he didn't and he looked okay. But it's still, it's just appalling what he's doing off the field. Like, you just don't get it, do you? Like you say, you lose a lot of respect for him. You just que- you do question a lot, and I, we've talked t- we've spoken lots about the actual transfer itself. But I think it just proves it hasn't worked. He'll admit the return isn't what it was meant to be and yeah. pictured. You've United ju- you have just got to get rid, get oh, yeah. rid for the good of it. Just get
0: rid of him. For both, to be honest, for both parties. Both parties, that, yeah. yeah.
1: Just get rid January. He doesn't want to be there. They, I bet ten hogs just managing him as best as he can. But it does just come back to, if you look at the way when United had that era of ultimate success, no player was bigger than the club under Sir Alex. And he's seen off loads of players. And, you know, you would have liked, it would have been interesting if Sir Alex was managing now and this was happening, how he would have handled it. Because he saw off loads of names, like Van yeah. was sent, Beckham was sent, Keane was sent. Everyone was. You know, uh, Ince was sent as well. Yeah. No player was bigger than Man United, so it would be really interesting what he thinks about him. What he would have done now as a manager, but I don't think he would have bought him back, to be honest, in the first place. But anyway, <laughs> next really... fixture, Ronaldo's had his moment again.
0: Yeah, exactly. And next game we've got to talk about straight away, Chelsea versus oh. Brighton. What a bizarre game. And it was kind of written in the stars that we all knew there was going to be something good about this game, obviously with Cucurea with Potter, the story was set, but I don't think anyone expected the result, because Deserby, they hadn't scored under his reign, No, uh, um, at home, they hadn't got a result, they hadn't got a single win, and they absolutely battered Chelsea, bear in mind, they were unbeaten in nine, going into this game, Chelsea, yeah. and they absolutely tore them apart, yes, I know Chelsea missed some big opportunities, but to concede four anyway, is mental, respect to Brighton, it was a brilliant yeah. performance. And the
1: guy who's come in is like, I know they haven't won but the performances have still looked steady they just haven't got the results so you could tell like it was almost a perfect fit fit like a glove the manager coming in he's kept obviously the players on side and he's kind of running with what's been working like his players that were playing well was Potter left he's kept in the side like Trossard's just unbelievable at the moment he's just Scoring like every game, at least one, or assisting one, he's just pulling up numbers, and they've got their just re- just rewards now for the why they've been playing.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. And the, my thing I really like about the Zerbe is the difference is I think it's Potter, but without the the, the the really I'm trying to think the resolute defensive structure. It's like he's taken the reins off and said, "Boys, go and attack, have a bit of fun, kind of go for it." Yeah, and you can see it because. The, the way they were going at Chelsea, it was 3-0 up. Most sides would normally have sat back and tried to soak up pressure and slow the game down. But they were just going at it constantly. And it was mental. The only way I can describe it is it reminds me a little bit of City. In the in the way that they don't ever slow down. No,
1: if it's working, they just carry on the same, don't they? Yeah. If it's not broke, don't fix it in oh, the yeah, game. Definitely. It, just,
0: yeah, And it's great to watch. Absolutely brilliant. And that's the thing about Brighton at the moment. Because they look. they also do look quite defensively vulnerable. Sanchez kept them in that game at some point. Yeah, so they yeah, could have yeah, been 2-0 down right at the very start. It was I knew it was a good game when I was watching match of the day and I'd watched 2 minutes of highlights and so you know at the top when it shows you the minute of the game. It said 4th minute and I was like we've watched four highlights already like again, instantly like from the minutes, go. Yeah, it's unreal. unreal. Glenn unreal. Hoddle, Glenn Hoddle was on BT doing like the the commentary over it. Uh, when they kept going to the game, he literally just said, "This is one of the best games of football I've ever seen." He was just like, "This is crazy." He's like, "I don't want it to stop." Nah, it's just the energy. Yeah. Is, yeah, I think it's the it's the pace in which Brighton play at the moment. That's what I think is so just great to watch because you don't. There's no one else like it other than I said City because it's City in the passing style of playing. It's like Brighton of old, where the, the passing was there, but it's more direct and it's just so fast paced and. Def- Teams can't defend. Chelsea can't defend against it because it is just nah. so direct. It's ridiculous. They said with Trossard and players like that, the pace yeah. they've got and that Saicedo like in the middle, oh, plays he's...
1: in the middle. He's just like energy. He's just everywhere, isn't he? Covers like most of the pitch, and he's got some quality on the ball as oh, well. Oh yeah, he's
0: great to watch. He'll be off to Chelsea. Well, they, <laughs> yeah, they, bid, for yeah. him. they bid for him anyway, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's... I think Chelsea have got to look sort that back line out. I mean, he's been he's prone to making a first half sub as well. He dragged Kukaray off, didn't he, the other week within thirty five minutes. Yeah. Their back line's not great. I know they've lost Fafana through injury. Thiago Silva's obviously like quality, but the rest of the back line around him at the moment isn't doing him any favours. Losing Rhys James as well at uh, right wing back. Yeah, He's shoehorned Sterling in there for the first couple of games. And it's. I think he's. I think that's Chelsea's biggest worry. Like you said that before, Brighton always looks solid defensively. Yeah. He hasn't quite got that right. I know he went unbeaten in nine, but I think it proved that there are frailties at the back for them.
0: Oh, definitely. But we all knew that when they kept losing, when they lost everyone in the summer, didn't they? Yeah. Like with Rudiger going, Christiansen and, and Aspilicueta staying, but he didn't really want to be there. Let's be honest, it just fell through with Barca like it, and they didn't get in that They didn't get all the signings that they wanted. Yeah, kind of, I think we all expected this to happen, but because Potter's results kind of... The, the, the performances weren't brilliant, but they were getting results so It kind of went under the radar a bit. And then as soon as they get battered once, now all the pressure's back yeah, onto them. Yeah, like
1: it's highlighted it, definitely. But yeah, all, all crates of Brighton. Oh, unreal. Definitely. More of that in the Premier League every week. Oh,
0: yeah, and they're eighth in the league, so a great start. They're now three points off Chelsea, which is just a ridiculous start to the season. They're absolutely brilliant. And I, and I want to talk next, definitely, about, for me, the game of the week. I just wanted to hold this back, so I to keep the listeners still here. So they've listened to 13 minutes as it is, so I've kept them here waiting. <laughs> So just a quick word from one of our sponsors, England FA. Yes, you heard me, the England FA. If you click the link down below in the description, you can buy yourself any kind of England merchandise to get behind the boys before this World Cup. Anything from shirts to rubber ducks to tickets. You heard me. Click the link down below in the description for the England FA website. Leeds versus Liverpool. What a game of football. Leeds deserved... That result fully. They should have battered them. To be honest, also, Patrick Bamford is the biggest donkey I've ever seen up front. <laughs> Sorry, he's so one-footed. He's got one of. The, he's got the worst shot to goal ratio in the Premier League. One of the highest xgs. He cannot finish for anything. They really need to sort out. Of at least have to buy a striker. They've got Rodrigo, but they need somebody else because Bamford is just dreadful.
1: He's not what he was prior to that injury, was he? I mean, was it the first season when he scored like seventeen for them? Yeah. He'd, but he's not recovered that form at all. But I mean. Oh, Shout out to the Limbs as well in the away end. That did the rounds oh, as well, didn't it? Was. I'm all for it, though. But And the lad who scored the winner, Somerville, yeah. night before his 21st birthday or something as well. It's like it's fairy tale stuff, isn't it? And then it finished Van Dyke's unbeaten record at Anfield as well since like 2017 or whatever it was. It's crazy, isn't it? It was a crazy result. But, I mean, the st- the, pr- the the proof's in the pudding with where Liverpool are in the league. They're just... I- I don't think anybody expected it. I think they, I think a lot of people really said it would Liverpool or City for the title. I know when we did our predictions, we all said Liverpool, top three. But at the moment, you just where do you see them putting a string of results together? Yeah,
0: Liverpool currently are five points off the relegation zone. Five points off the record. It sums up their season. It it's absolutely reaped their entire season and everything about it right now. In this, they've got injuries and things, but we spoke about it. Their squad has never been good enough, and we always said if they have a few injuries, they will struggle, and they're really struggling. Yeah. And the thing is, they're not. They don't even look together. Like I didn't. I watched that Leeds game, and they didn't lock a unit, and that's something you always speak about with Klopp's system that anyone could kind of fall in. You had it with um, when Minamino would come in. I think always you think it was a prime example and he used to always do a shift in that mm. position and it was really a massive job off Salah. Milner before Sala. when he dropped
1: yeah. in at right back and things but, but I think it, it, the biggest highlight for me was earlier in the season like you say when Van Dijk and Milner had that coming together on the pitch after conceding a couple of goals. Was and it Man United thought, that? Might have been you and I just United. thought oof that's not your typical Klopp cohesive unit looking you know pulling rank and just following they were really going for one another on the pitch and I just thought yeah there's there's problems but their key players are all starting to age, and I know footballers have a longer longevity in, in the career now and it's yeah. you know, just because Salah's twenty nine going on thirty, and the same for Van Dyke, but the way that they've been playing and they're asked to play does begin to take the toll and there is that question of potential burnout on them or and we do wonder now the lifespan of the average managers, like three years.
0: He has to go. That's what what you're trying to say, basically. But
1: all I'm saying is there's a question there, isn't there? You know, and I don't know what, you know, I don't really... It'd be interesting to see what Liverpool fans think about it because obviously Klopp's done absolute wonders, really, hasn't he? Winning the Champions League, winning the Premier League. But they are really looking like a shadow of what they were when, when Klopp came in and they were at that peak that few years ago where they just outrun and just battered people off the pitch physically and running and just the way that they played football and scored boatloads of goals.
0: Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing you've said there about the running, because that was the stat for me that really blew me away in that game. Leeds ran 11 kilometres more than Liverpool, and that is something that Liverpool used to pride themselves on. And I think it just shows you how much they have dropped off and we talk about burnout and things. And that, that, that for me, highlighted that. And I looked at that and thought, yeah, they're struggling. Especially
1: and- when um, Bielsa at Leeds obviously prided himself on running as well. And when Jesse March came in, that was tweaked ever so slightly. And there was still that element of pressing in there, but the actual amount of kilometres put in per game had dropped off massively. And that was a lead side under a lot of pressure. He was under a lot of pressure going into that game, Jesse March was. I mean, it's a great result for him as well.
0: I want to go on about it because I'm I'm his biggest fan. I absolutely love love him. And I've said this from the start because a lot of people gave him so much stick. And I think it's just purely because he's American and people don't like... Americans in the sport because of people I'm, I'm trying to think of a good example here with ownership and things like that and You've had the sport the guy and getting Swansea as well who Bob Bradley yeah.
1: didn't do a great but I mean like <laughs> you have got things like that Ted Lasso that doesn't help his cause either yeah.
0: does it really but no exactly so I'm, I'm, I'm really glad he's doing a good job and the thing is it's difficult and the pressure was on him. They started well and then they kind of dropped off. But I really like the fact he stuck to his guns and kept this fast, aggressive pressure. Because we talk about pressing, but the thing is about Leeds is it's not that five players will go and they'll press, but it's aggressive. They'll give away fouls in stupid positions quite often because they just go for it and I absolutely love it. And there are not many sides that play like that. And you know for a fact, whether for a neutral, Leeds are the best side to watch. You know there's going to be goals. You always know there's going to be goals. And there's going to be a lot of mistakes. A lot of moments you're thinking, what on earth are you doing? Like, watching... um, What's his name at the back? Um, Oh, the right back. Oh... I can't remember his it's name now. It's not is it? Oh, no, the other one, the, other one uh, the one they signed in the summer. He always got a mistake in him. Yeah,
1: from uh, Red Bull. Yeah. From Salzburg, wasn't
0: it? It'll, it'll come back to us. It'll, what will happen is it'll come back to us an hour after the podcast yeah. comes and I'll yeah. text you with it because yeah. it would really bother me that well. I had him in at the start of the season for fantasy football and that yeah. just went dreadfully. Uh, but Between that back line, you know there's going to be so many errors and it's going to be great. And M- Melier... I'm just saying I called it last year on my underrated team of the year he's unreal he's still young give him time what a game he had yeah
1: I mean he had the game of his probably of his season so far but I mean like you say because of the way they play he does face a lot of shots so he's bound to concede a lot which doesn't help him But he does have some absolute moments, doesn't he? And like games, and that was one of them. He was just unreal. He was quality.
0: Yeah, great performance. He has got. You can tell he's so confident in himself as well. Even when he can, he'll ship five goals, and you can just see him walking around. It's all about his (laughs) posture and things. I absolutely love him. Yeah. Oh, I'm obsessed with him. Really like him. He's only like twenty-one. Yeah,
1: he's 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 crazily young, isn't it? He? Yeah, yeah. An, yeah. I, I hope like they stick with him. But at the end of the day, like we've said already, in the one flip on the one side, you've got United where results are going their way and it's not pretty. But you have got the other side where you've got the exciting games with Leeds, but they aren't in any way stretch of the imagination out of trouble. are they? Oh, it's a, a massive three points. They're but, a point
0: off it. Yeah, they're a point off the relegation. So zone. he
1: needs to use that and take this moment because there's only two rounds of fixtures left before the World Cup break. So if they can put, get what, I don't know, I can't remember who they've got off the top of my head, but you'd like to think at least three points, maybe four, is a good return to for that World Cup break right then.
0: Yeah, you'd hope so. No, I do like them. I, they get a lot of stick, but I, I really like Leeds. I just love watching them play because it's just, as I say, it's, it's, it's just isn't fun, it? isn't entertainment. it, really? They're, I think Brighton, Brighton have a similar playing style, but they're just not as defensively poor. <laughs> That's no, yeah, I like yeah.
1: It. And I think, yeah, Leeds do have those Bielsa moments still where it's just players, just mentally going around the pitch chasing this ball. But like you say, it's like five or six of them together just running. Yeah, yeah, Love it.
0: Absolutely great. And I thought we could briefly just quickly run through the table just kind of any discussion points. Forest, a rock bottom of the league on nine points now, three points off Southampton who are in 17th. Pressure is piling on them. Pressure is piling on them. And then you've got Wolves in 19th.
1: I find the Forest one, you'd have thought the way they are, and the way that the owner has gone about his stuff previously, because he's Olympiakos as well, and he doesn't, he's not afraid to get rid of managers there. Yeah, and he's not been afraid to do it at Forest before they got promoted. Everybody was like, "That's it, that's Cooper done," and then new deal. It's just so bizarre. It's, them? it's the
0: new director, isn't it? So they and then they got rid director. of the guys
1: who signed all these players and got this new director in. It'd be interesting. I mean, if. On the flip side to this World Cup is I I do think it's almost like a new season when these teams come back from this World Cup because if you've not got a lot of internationals going to the World Cup, it's a real chance to get tweaking, plays back up to fitness, maintain, work on things yeah. in that break and it could be like a new season within a season when teams
0: come back. Especially for Forrest and to be fair Steve Cooper could probably finally introduce himself to all the players. Yeah, he he's probably... might get to meet
1: them all. <laughs> <laughs> he's
0: probably on signing number 22 at the yeah. moment. He's waiting for have a meeting with yeah. them all. <laughs> but no, uh, Wolves are in the relegation zone, Leicester oh. are in the relegation zone, Uh Southampton, 17th they're getting relegated they're absolutely dreadful Like they're so boring to watch there is nothing for them going forward at all that's
1: the problem isn't it Yeah. And they, they don't, don't get
0: clean sheets are Like no. you look at all these sides in, the, in this like, relegation battle and every side I think you can pick out and you say other than Bar Forest you kind of get what they're good at Wolves defensively they're really strong they just can't score Leicester great going forward defensively they're kind of starting to get more reassured yeah. but Southampton they're not going forward and they can't keep clean sheets I don't actually understand what they're good at and what's their style no one knows his style.
1: No, and I think it's just like you say. They just they are just a bit of a mess. Yet the manager's been there a while and he made like I thought Aribo was a decent signing from Rangers. I don't think it's one that will save you, but it's like one of those signs you're like oh yeah, he's a good player. We saw what he did yeah. in in your in the Europa League. I thought yeah, he's a decent signing and he's shown glimpses, but you know they've not got any goals in them. Like they've got Armstrong there, who just plays every now and again, but has not done it in the Premier League.
0: Both Armstrongs for me aren't both. good enough. They're both Championship players. Like yeah. Both of them. Especially
1: when uh, Adam came as a striker from Blackburn with absolute goals in his back pocket from Blackburn, but like we say, he's just not done it.
0: Well, I called it. I did. A, I did a video where I got really statty on everyone, and I got loads of hate for this because he really underperformed on XG. Like he should have had about 28, and I think he got 23. Like his stats were awful, as in shot to goal ratio but to the outside it would look like he'd had a great season and I said he will not do well because you will not get th- you will not get 40 thing, 50 is, you chances. Don't get all those
1: chances you get one or two a game and don't he
0: scored, you scored I bet you he's not scored 10 goals yet. he's probably scored five across the two seasons
1: I would say he's close to five then. yeah <laughs> prove us wrong but happily I would, prove yeah. us
0: wrong but if, if he has he's done it under the radar because well, a little isn't...
1: shout out to Leicester because we we kind of said it briefly before we started they had City I mean, they put a couple of results together. Beating Forest was a massive six-pointer. They put another result together the week before. And then only to lose 1-0 to Man City is, is actually a great result because you most teams just think anything less than five and you've done well. So, to only to lose 1-0. And what a free kick, by the way. I know we haven't really mentioned City, but outstanding free kick by De Bruyne. But... Yeah, you know, it's definitely tight down there. And that's why we love
0: it. it. That relegation battle is absolutely unreal. You can't beat it. But yeah, that's kind of a quick run through through the bottom of the table and hopefully you've enjoyed our little roundup. sorry to interrupt the podcast but a quick message from one of our sponsors surprise shirts everyone go click the link down in the description below for brilliant surprise shirts that you won't find anywhere on the market use the code bhs10 yes you heard me bhs10 for 10 percent off in the checkout and look at this shirt i'm wearing now absolutely gorgeous so click the link down below for 10 percent off as surprise shirts Okay, so now on to the final part of the podcast, the debate, and we've got an absolute cracker of a game on Sunday night: Liverpool versus Spurs at Spurs, and I am absolutely buzzing for this really good game. So I thought, why not do a combined eleven? Because Liverpool supposedly have one of the best squads, and they have done for so long. And kind of they've, they've dropped a bit, so it'd be interesting to see. Because I bet if you did this a year ago, there'd be no Spurs in this whatsoever. But the fact we can actually do this. And it's going to be difficult, I'm telling you now. But let us know in the comments down below, the ones and the players that you think we've missed out on. I thought you should have made it. You should have made it. No, thought that... Oh, my word. What am I trying to say? That you thought should have made it. Jeez, that's going to stay in. Um, Okay, so let's start with our Liverpool-Spurs combined eleven. The goalkeeper, Lloris versus Alisson. And I'm going to go straight and just say it. Um... Loris is not even a top 10 in the Premier League I think he's an absolute joke of a keeper he's finished don't tell me oh he's won a World Cup so he's a great goalkeeper that means absolutely nothing to me. He, for me, is just not good enough. And I think he's one of the biggest problems for Spurs. They need to get rid of him. He ships a lot of mistakes, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. For and
1: me- even with silly things like the distribution, sometimes it will just completely fly off out of play. and You, you can s- just see and think, like, what are you doing? You saw against
0: Newcastle, Most of the goals either came from him making mistakes or him um, with his distribution, which is dreadful. So, for me, it's got to be Alisson. Yeah, Allison. I feel like that. Really. I feel like that... For me Probably is, the, the, easiest is the easiest one on this list. Like, easily, I don't think it's even a discussion. The next one uh, the right back situation for the Liverpool Spurs Combined Eleven is apps it's just <laughs> it's not great, is it? So we've either got Emerson Royale or Trent. <laughs> like it, both kind of reek at the moment as players and we've just seen form from both of these is dreadful at the moment and we see Emerson spending millions on his trainings and all these different facilities oh, that he's unreal, built that is, it, it makes it even funnier because he's just been absolutely dreadful and then well, you Trent do, hasn't you do been question great. if he's a footballer don't you really Emerson? sometimes when you watch some of the things he does and then he, does the, he has moments where you think jeez, okay, that, that was good that, was good, that. <laughs> yeah. but I never know if he means it because he smiles after I think, do you know you've meant that or what, what's just happened and then Trent a player that we've spoken about being one of the best players in the world for so long is, it's a real shame for me because the player I don't think he's been helped with Liverpool's situation because he has been targeted but we've always said he's fragile defensively and he always leaves Liverpool vulnerable and yeah, Trent hasn't had a great season so who no. would you have in the combined eleven?
1: Uh. I've struggled because I've always kind of been a bit reluctant with the Trent thing, purely because I've kind of always said it'll be interesting to see what happens when he's gone for week in, week out. Purely because one's more of a footballer than the other, I think I'm going to have to go Trent. I
0: think we've all got to go Trent.
1: <laughs> Just because with Emerson, you might get someone who's playing with his flip flops on, and the other, yeah, <laughs> I'd rather go Trent. At least you know you've got some. Footballing ability in there, guaranteed.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Trent is lucky to make this combined eleven. He he's only in this combined eleven because let's be honest, it's either Emerson or Doherty. Like, (laughs) it's not great, is it? Right back situation. Jed Spence, who Conte quite clearly absolutely hates quite clearly. Yeah. So we'll move on to the centre back situation. So the first battle I want to create in this combined, the combined Spurs versus Liverpool centre back situation is Eric Dyer versus Van Dijk. And I think this is a really interesting one. A year ago, we would have laughed at even this discussion. Oh, yeah. But Eric Dyer under Conte has been just an absolute madman. He has turned into prime Puyol, Piquet, Benucci, Maldini, all combined into one. I absolutely love him. I love him.
1: And I'm kind of glad that he has because he came for an absolute steal, didn't he? From Lisbon, Lisbon. for yeah, like Lisbon. £4.5 million And he looked good, didn't he, under Potch when he first came in.
0: Yeah.
1: And he has been poor. Oh, but Van D- the thing is with Van Dijk, he's... And he has been, and probably still is, definitely, if not the best centre-half. It's hard. You'd put them both together if you didn't have to pick the battle, is what i do. If oh, I didn't have to pick the battle...
0: That's why i them, I thought it'd be a better yeah, discussion. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I personally would still say Van Dyke is still above... Still above Dyer.
1: him. It's just, like we said, the form and everything isn't there, yeah. I think... I think the I think he's still the best centre half in the league, and he's still definitely there. As one of the top three in the world probably at the moment. Van Dijk, so yeah. But shout out to Dyer. Yeah, the I mean he's, he's even... got to be pushing for that World Cup space. Come
0: he has to, to. He has to start. He's
1: something. got to. He's got to start. I mean he's just yeah. He's unlucky to get in, but he's unreal. He's doing really well.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we will agree on that then. Okay. So the next centre back battle. I think this one probably is a bit different. So we're gonna have Romero versus. Again, now the second centre-back at this Liverpool situation at the moment is not great, let's be honest. So I'm going to start off with Joe Gomez, and I think we'll just push him aside. Romero is head and shoulders above Gomez, I don't think that's a discussion. Then Canate, I think the same, I think Romero is clear of Canate, so we can cross him off. And the only one I think there's even a slight discussion is Joel Matip. And Romero, who would you have in your side Romero.
1: I wouldn't even think twice. Do you know what? I've looked at that list and I don't think any of them come close to Romero.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. I think the only thing about Romero sometimes for me is he's a little bit irrational. He's got an yeah. error in him. And I, sometimes he's a bit gung-ho. Like, he flies into challenges. And I feel like, I don't know how on earth he hasn't had like a tonne load of red that cards. comes
1: with, like, the South American... Centre half, defensive style. You look at like uh, Martinez; he's prone to one or two. And like when uh, Rojo and people have been over in the league in the past, it's there. But he's been quality since he's come in. To be fair, and he came from Atalanta for a fair whack of money as well. Yeah. So no, I'd still have Romero. I think next to Van Dijk as well. You've got the calmness in Van Dijk, the aggression and a bit of erratic defensive. Oh yeah, we're building a really good team here.
0: I think it balances itself <laughs> those two. I can't believe how tactically you think about it. Oh, I've just gone, yep, you, you, you. I mean, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. Romero's still better than all those three. But <laughs> if
1: you look at it as an actual team, you've got a nice balance there. Yeah, yeah, nice I, balance. I
0: agree with you on that then. Okay, the left-back situation. Perisic oh. and Robertson. Who would you start in the Liverpool Spurs come 11? I'm going to go straight in and just say for me, as much as I hate to say it, because he really winds me up as a footballer. It's got to be Robertson oh. for me. But he, he winds me up as a footballer. He, he wastes time. He gets into refs. He got. He got. It's lucky with challenges. I think he should have been sent off against Leeds, personally. I don't stand him. I
1: can't stand him.
0: It's, I really I really don't like him. He's one of those players, I always say, he's one of those players where you'd absolutely love to have in your own team. Your team because he yeah. winds up every single... He's like Richarlison in that sense. Yeah. But then, to everyone else, he just really gets under your skin. I feel like Perisic has been great for Spurs so far since he's joined but I think Robertson is just a cut above the rest
1: he's good isn't he and I think if we're picking a back four it's got to be Robertson
0: yeah, it's, it's mad isn't it so Spurs are so much further ahead in the league but, but the man for man I think from now on this is now where the Spurs will start taking over in this yeah, situation yeah possibly yeah OK, Ooh. so the holding midfielder role. So I've picked a holding midfielder here, and he's he's probably unfairly matched here, but I thought Spurs don't usually play with a three midfield, so I had to whack him in. Oliver Skip versus Fabinho. And Fabinho, for me, his legs are gone. Do you anyway. know what? The
1: fall-off from him has been incredible. Yeah, And it's not just me that said it. I've seen a few people on social media comment on it. The fall-off of him. But, like you say... He wa well, he he has been quality, and he's still better than Oliver Skip even with his legs gone. Oh yeah, Fabinho versus Ollie Skip, <laughs> yeah, it, it,
0: it's it's easy, yeah. But I do feel he's bad lucky for Skip. the
1: battle because some of the other names in there, I don't know if he'd make it in.
0: Then, okay, this is what I mean now. I am you interested. The next battle for the Spurs Liverpool combined 11 in the centre midfielder role, Hoiberg versus Henderson, for me, has to be Hoiberg. Yeah. And I've talked about him for ages. I really like him. And he's got a lot of stick because he does a lot of the dirty work. And we're kind of actually seeing him now kind of push on forward. He's got a lot of goals, a lot of assists this season. Five
1: goals, I think, this season or
0: something yeah. like that. I've had him in from my fancy team. He's got me so many points, carried me this season. Yeah, points,
1: he's, which he's is crazy. He's come on under. Uh, he started to look good under Mourinho, though. Mourinho started to get a bit out of him, but he's He's been allowed, I think, with the way that Spurs play to push on that little bit more. Yeah, And I mean, he started off at Bayern, so there was obviously a talented player in there and he somehow ended up going from Bayern Munich to Southampton. <laughs> Yeah, but, it's
0: crazy. But I think the bit, the thing I really like about him as well is because he does a lot of the, gr- the the gritty side and the dirty work that not many players like to do. But then he's not only can he do that; he's got that attractive style of play now, where he can go on forward and push on. He's yeah, kind he of a, a complete, a as well, yeah, a complete as well. midfielder. Because before he was just known as a bit of like a, a workhorse who just passed it on to better players. But this season, we've finally seen him become more confident and see the player that. Played under Pep Guardiola at Bayern. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> there's a reason why he was at that level, yeah. as you said. So, yeah, I think Hoiberg beats Henderson then, for definite. And the next one is a really interesting battle now. So, Benton Kerr versus Thiago and the Liverpool Spurs combined 11. Who takes that spot for you, Ben? Go straight <clears> in with it. There's someone that you've got quite clearly in your gut. I want to hear it straight away. Do you know what?
1: I'd pick Benton you know. <laughs>
0: oh, that's a bold one, that is. I
1: just think, you when you watch Spurs come in, he just fit the bill perfectly. And you watch the way he's playing at the moment. He's just got energy all over the place. He started to chip in with a couple of goals like that late winner yeah. at the weekend. I just, I don't know. There's just something I really like about him. I don't think he's, he's obviously a very, dis- but he's quite just all all round, all yeah. action, energy. Came from Juve. I think Juve were a bit silly to let them go. You look at the mess they're in now. They're missing players like him. I, I don't know. I just think right now, if I had to pick, I'd go, but I, Thiago is just unreal, isn't he? But I just don't know if he's, doing enough no, at no. the moment I, think I th- just don't it's a bold, know
0: it's a, big, it's, a, it's a bold one and I feel like I was going to go Thiago for me because I absolutely love Thiago I, I love him
1: like- I think he's just he's a beautiful player if you were to pick out like centre midfielders to watch he's one of them he's just got skills on the board he's got I have a pass he's got those beautiful little tiki-taka style flicks and round the corner passes that nobody else on the pitch would see but if you're going off right now like we've said already you look at the state Liverpool are in? Yeah. No, I, I don't know. For it's, me, ha- it's hard. I'm, it's I'm, hard. I'm saying
0: Thiago for me. I don't even think it's a discussion. But because we've both done that, I, you've, you know, I wasn't being rude then. I was grabbing a card off the side. I'll flip this card. Whatever it lands on, yeah, decides who right. takes yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, I'm because, happy with either. Because, uh, exactly. I, I am I'll, happy with either. Because we haven't got the third vote and that's why it usually helps when there's yeah, three. Yeah, it does the, help the discussion. But, here we go. Which so side's which? Oh yeah, that, that helps, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. which side's which? <laughs> so you can have the top the player. I have the
1: uh, Risa, Risa. So you'll mean. have that side, yeah. and then
0: the back side. It's for means, So all I'm going to do is just throw it now. I can't believe we're doing this on a podcast. <laughs> if you haven't <laughs> already, by the way, guys, please smash the like button, subscribe, give us a five-star review, because this is top-tier content. This is how you Four, This is how you have a debate. Yeah, this is. yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> just straight up look. And if you're not watching a vid- the video cast, this is why you should watch the video yeah, cast. Exactly, so. watch
0: us on Spotify. We are a video podcast. Here we go. So, oh, don't mind it. So we'll I'm take
1: all for it
0: Tiago's goes fine by <sighs> me. Oh, phew. I was getting all sweaty.
1: <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> fine by me. Honestly happy with either. No, so. shout
0: out to Benton Kurt. See that that's that's democracy right there. That's fair. I couldn't have rigged that. I'll take that. So a quick word now from another one of our sponsors, the lovely people at Kitbag, have assured me we can get some of the greatest football shirts and football merchandise from all over the world if you click the link down below. Yes, you heard me at kitbag.com. Click the link down below for some absolutely brilliant World Cup sales that are on currently at the moment. So, okay, now to the front three. So we're going to start off with the left-hand side of... And we're going to go with Huming Son and Diego Jota for the combined 11. Who would you prefer? Son. Yeah, it's easily Son, isn't it? Jota's a great player. He can play anywhere in the front three. I really like him. He bags goals. And even though Son hasn't had a great start to the season, he's not had a good season, let's be honest, under Conte No, this no, year. but I
1: think that's a detriment to his own levels that he sets himself. In oh, a way. definitely. And there's no disrespect to Jota because he, I mean, when he came in, I know that, there was a bit of a question mark on the price and he wasn't exactly first choice for the Wolves at the time when he went. But he did kind of add a new aspect to that front line. And like you say, he could play off the sides and he could play through the middle and he stepped in and stepped up when they've had some injuries. But Son's just... Oh,
0: Different just, gravy. He's
1: just unreal, isn't he? Both footed as well. Not that Jota isn't, because Jota can play with both feet, but like you just think to that like, hat-trick in what, 15 minutes against Leicester. Yeah, He just looked like a man-possessed when he came on.
0: Oh, definitely, yeah. And I I think these two players here, the two for me, some of the best finishers right now in the league, in Diego Jota and Huming Son, but I think Son is the best finisher on the planet. I don't think it's even a discussion for me. The way he he can literally pick out any type of goal, as you said, and I absolutely love him. With either foot, with confidence. Exactly, yeah, definitely. So Son definitely makes it. Okay, then, on the other side, Kulisevsky versus Salah who makes a Liverpool Spurs combined 11 on that right-hand side.
1: Oh, do I have to go first again?
0: Yeah, oh, because
1: man, I love Kulusevski. I think he's just electric when it and he's he's obviously been out with injury, hasn't he at the moment? Salah's just I put I said on here Salah would be top scorer, so that's really come back to just completely hit me in the face because he's just not done it, I has promise he? you
0: people would have forgotten that if you hadn't have mentioned it. But that. <laughs> I'm
1: sure people will go back at but I'll happily admit, yeah, he's 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 not done it, has he? I mean, What's gone wrong? That that whole contract thing's been going on. Is that part of the reason? Contract things hung out. He's now got the deal that he wants. I I don't know. I really don't know.
0: That's what, if you've noticed, I'd ask you first on the ones that I don't want to do. I I love Salah. And I I think I'll go with Salah just because
1: I feel like when he's at. Full form, he's slightly edging Kulazewski, but, yeah, I'll go with Salah. Just, literally just, I think just the the amount of goals that he can add yeah, is the one up on Kulazewski.
0: Yeah, I probably would agree with you on that, because even though he's had a poor season, I think Salah's already, is he five or six? Five or six, so he's, which he's, he's starting, starting to He's put... still crazy, though, because we're saying he's had a bad season. He's got one in, so I think he's had 12 games a season, he's got six goals, and we're talking about a dreadful season, but yeah, that, that's yeah. a good... That's yeah, a good, it's a good it's a return. return. One in two is a great return isn't for a it? winger, especially like winger, yeah. it's crazy, isn't it? That that's but that's only because he's set himself such high it's like standards, Sonny,
1: isn't it? Like we said, the previous numbers he's racked up just are his own downfall when he's not at full throttle.
0: Oh yeah, definitely, completely agree. Okay, so Salah makes it. So then the final position for the Liverpool Spurs combined eleven is Harry Kane versus Darwin Nunes for this striker, and I feel like this is an easy one, surely.
1: I mean, I'm picking Harry Kane. I just wanted to make sure.
0: Because <laughs> I thought, who knows, you could say no, something. So no, no, I'm there. not
1: sold. I did say again before, Darwin's an interesting one. We haven't seen a lot of him. Started to see Glimpsy, but And people talk about him being a young lad and this, that and the other. But when you're comparing that to the other young striker that came across for less money, he's not covered in himself in glory with silly things like that red card early yeah. on. And he does miss some chances. And I know people like, you go on social media, like, oh, look at Haaland's touch this weekend. Doesn't matter because the other touches are like one touch and they're in the goal. So I'm happy for, yeah. I don't know, not sold on him. I think there's a player in there.
0: Yeah, because he's got four, I think it's four goal contributions or five goal contributions in the league now. So it's a good start, it's a good return. I, I just feel like purely because he transferred over, and I said it last week on the podcast, purely because of the time that Nunez transferred over, everyone is compa- comparing, comparing him straight away to Haaland, which is unfair on him. And we've done it, the media's done it, and it's, it's really difficult not to. Because if you took it away, Haaland, and five or six goal contributions or four or five, how many he's got, He's a, good, he's a good return. Yeah, for a new yeah, player to join yeah. to the league, he's and played if 10 games. It the other way.
1: Imagine if it happened the other way. Haaland had a slow start yeah. and Nunez didn't. We'd all be saying the same about Haaland, so it is literally just the way that it's fallen. It's a bit unfortunate, but yeah, Nunez has got a bit of work to do. But I he... don't think he's... And I said this at the time, as so well. I don't think he fit the bill of what Liverpool had as that central role beforehand. When you yeah. look at when they had Firmino before and when Jota's played in there. Yeah. This guy's a bit different, and it's, yeah. I don't know if it's gelled necessarily yet.
0: But it is early against call, isn't it? So I know Because I know I'm, I'm awful for doing it. We do transfer debates, talk about yeah, flops yeah, yeah. or not and things like that. And I think we put so much pressure on him, but we don't put pressure on anyone else like we do with Dominion. It's because of the price tag. It's, it's money, simple yeah, as that, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, and the final decision is oh. the manager. Conte or Klopp, if you so had no to pick as for a me, manager. Because
1: I love Conte, so I'm picking Conte.
0: And you know what? I will second that and completely agree. I am the biggest Conte fan, and I'm so I glad love you've him. said that. Yeah, yeah so I, I was absolutely thinking, We're, we're going to have to flip the card again. No, then, so. no,
1: no. I, I love Conte. I think he, he when he came to Chelsea, it was kind of, you know, he's come from Italy. Not a, he, Obviously, he'd done well, but then he really built his resume up with the success at Chelsea. Went back to Inter Milan and just did amazing again and then he's come over and he's starting to build a real like we said you look at that team there's a lot of liverpool players that have made it but actually if you the, the there's also the other argument of you look at the league table and they look a better unit and a better team and that's purely down to conte
0: because conte doesn't deal with individuals does he builds he builds a unit it's a, yeah yeah it's a,
1: the the players are built to fit the system and they have to be the right person to put up with him as well because he's He's just unhinged himself at times. So you've got to be able to put up with this erratic manager at times because he just loses his head, doesn't it? Sometimes he's there. And I'm all for it and I love it as well. Sometimes I end up watching him more than the game because of how poor Spurs have been at times on the pitch. Yeah. But yeah, just not, I don't know. Yeah, Conte all day. I'm not a massive fan as of Conte. As much as anyway. Klopp,
0: he's got a great system and he's done so well for so many seasons. The difference is with Conte is it doesn't take him time to build a project. He gets results instantly. because, But it is brutal. It is a bit of a smash and grab. He kind of gets results and goes takes a big payout and starts again at a new club. Yeah. But he he's not for longevity. He's not going to stay at Spurs no, for many years. No, he's not at all. No, no. So, it
1: will start to go stale like it did at Chelsea where things start to go wrong, but at the time being, if you're a Spurs fan, you are chuffed they are are yeah. still third in the table. They're not playing amazingly, but I mean to come from two down against Bournemouth it's, yeah. it, you know, and Bournemouth were playing doing alright as well they put some results together and things they weren't playing terribly Yeah, yeah definitely. but to come back and win it late on it's just like that spirit that fire that he offers from the sidelines transferring into these players and like we said with Dyer, he looks a different animal under Conte and you've got like just shrewd signings like Perisic coming in who he had at Inter Milan who can yeah. play that left side and play that left wing back role bags of experience Benton Curry would have known from in Italy as well at Juve who's also played in like the five-back formations and the less players in midfield from Juventus and things like that. And Kulosevski is another one from Juve that you will have known of from in the league as well. He's oh, yeah, just definitely. shrewd and, and he's, he, he can get the best out of what's already there. The biggest question about him is sorting the keeper out, I think. Yeah, and yeah, the right no, back. Keeping the agree. right back. Apart from that, there isn't, you know, you could do that in a couple, yeah. as every team could. But yeah, Conte every day. Yeah. Every
0: day. Klopp is, if you want to build a project, Klopp is probably one of the best managers to do it, or Pep Guardiola, managers like that. But Conte, for sheer results and trophies, he is the man. Yeah. So yeah, that's a Liverpool-Spurs combined eleven finished. I'll quickly run through it. So our uh, Liverpool-Spurs combined eleven in goal, Allison, right-back Trent, two centre-halves, Virgil van Dijk and Christian Romero, left-back Robertson, holding midfielder Fabinho, two centre-midfielders alongside him, Hoyberg and Thiago, and then a front three of Salah, Kane, Son, with the manager, Being Antonio Conte and to be honest I think he's pretty much bang on I'm pretty pleased with that nothing too outrageous there if I'm honest there's a couple of good ones in there that could, could really annoy people I think Romero making it Trent, Virgil van Dijk, it's, there's going to be some good discussions, yeah, but as we said, let us know what you think, guys, in the comment section down below but Ben, thank you for this, it's, no, been, a good, yeah, it's yeah. been a good it's been episode, a
1: good One, yeah. thanks for having us on no, it?
0: been, yeah, thank you mate, thank you, and hopefully guys, as I said before, you've enjoyed it, leave us a five star review, smash the like button if you're watching on YouTube and yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll see you next week for another banging episode as we close in to getting that half a century of episodes, but thank you for watching But care, Sam, everyone out, thank you Ben, again thank you, goodbye